I wanted to, to just continue to share a, a, a little bit today, and I, the word that I felt to share with you was you got to believe. And, and it's kind of odd to start talking about maybe just a little bit of faith, but some other things, but believing, because Pastor Pam's talked about faith, we heard about, you know, Caleb shared a little bit of that, we just talked about being under construction, and, and, and all of those things as they continue to go and as they continue to grow. Last week we said, really, it's anything but business as usual with us as believers. I mean, it's just not every day is the same day. We're growing and we're going in a direction. We're not, we're not stopped or stagnant in the same place, but that we're going forward. We're not living what we said last week was a treadmill life. You know, not, not just on the treadmill of life, just doing our thing and, you know, getting off the treadmill. I, you know, I shared a little bit about my running experience. And, and I just talked to a guy uh, this morning again who said, you know what? I've been running outdoors and he said, I haven't been on the treadmill, and I've been going out and running like six, seven miles, but I've been running outdoors. And he said, the time passes because I'm, man, I'm going someplace. God knows where you are, and he knows what's going on. And I was like, ooh, that's exciting, getting off the treadmill and getting out into the world and what God has for you to do. And we said really and talked about really at the end, it's your availability, not your ability that God needs. And so we had a lot, of, a lot of people who haven't been here, and this isn't a series, or this isn't a, you know, a continuation of the message or anything, but it, I mean, it does kind of go along with the idea that, you know what, if you're, if you're going to put yourself out there, if you're going to say, God, I'm available, you're going to have to have faith to walk in that place. Because those things like we talked about last week, they're always past us. They're always just outside of what we can do in our own natural gifts and talents. And so in our own lives, we, we have to begin to, to look around, take stock. It's, it's not bad to take a day and sit down and say, God, I love you. These are the things that you've called me to do. Am I doing them? <laughs> you know, I mean, give me a checkup. Give me, a, you know, progress reports came out for schools, you know, somewhere in the last couple of weeks. Report cards come out. That tells mom and dad how they're doing. We don't have report cards. Thank God. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I think I might not be doing so swell. I might have to stay after school and be in detention. But... Do my homework or whatever that is. But, but we should not just ignore the idea of, am I doing what God asked me to do? And, and, and if we're going to be available to God and He's not looking for our ability, what, what takes us to that point? Faith. Grace is the thing that carries you through. When you can't do the things that God's asked you to do, His grace is the thing that empowers you and enables you to do those things. His mercy is the thing that comes and it forgives you when you make mistakes. And His mercy is the thing that comes and says, It's all right, I love you. Come on, get back up. We're going to go. But His grace is the thing that takes you there. But it says that you have to receive the abundance of grace, right? By faith. So you've got to believe. You, you, you can't go anywhere in your life. You can't do anything in your life without believing. Without having faith. Without believing that it's possible. And what happens in people's lives, and you probably have family members, you've probably met people, you probably know people who, who have begun to believe a lie. And as you begin to believe that lie, you know, at first it seems really strange, but then after a little while you kind of dwell a little bit more. Then after a little while you dwell a little bit, then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not just believing it, now you're talking about it and you're confessing. I mean, all of those things, see, we believe and then now we speak. And so now all of a sudden, man, everything's coming out. It's all crazy. Then your actions look all crazy. And, we, you know, we've, we've spent time. We've talked about that. We've taught that for years. You've got to make sure that up here between your ears, you're meditating the Word of God. You have, to, you have to get to a point in your life where you believe what God said to you. Not just His Word. But you believe what God said to you in your prayer closet. The thing that you wrote down in that journal. The thing that you buckled your knees and brought you down. You've got to believe that that thing is true more than anything else in this world. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. 
I mean, how many of you, if you could do what, what, what you know in your heart you're supposed to do, or you're, you can do what you see, that dream, or, that, or you, you know that you have potential to be this, and, and it, boy, if you could get there, how many of us are not doing it because we, you know, well, I could do it, but I'm just not going to. I could be victorious, but I'd rather not. Well, heck no. I mean, if we had a chance to save, you know, the, the wisdom to save our marriage, if we had a chance to, to do whatever it is He called us to do, if we had a chance and, and had the ability to go out and just be all that He called us to be, well, we would all do that. Does that ability live on the inside of you? Yes. If you're saved and if you have Jesus living in your heart, that ability is there to be all that God called you to be. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. I ran into somebody yesterday. And uh, we were headed downtown with, with the young, with the college kids and, you know, those, those alivers, if you're 18 to 25 or whatever, they're going to jump out in the corn maze, I think, uh, on 15th, uh, Friday the 15th. Uh, I, I don't know what that is, but Pete assures me it's a lot of fun. So if I get lost in the corn maze and you don't see me the next Sunday, come find me, please. I am stuck out there somewhere and I do not know where to go. GPS, my phone. There's a hot, oh, there's a hotline. Awesome. <laughs> Make sure we got that number. Pastor John can't get lost. This is possible. But you know, I was downtown and, and as we were walking into the coffee shop, this guy went buzzing by me. And, and it's a guy that, that really, truly, we've known for a long time in this ministry. And, and I mean, you may or may not recognize, I mean, he was here a long time ago and he was kind of in, kind of out, kind of in, kind of out. Went to another church. You know, kind of in, kind of out, dealing with, with addiction and, and alcohol and drugs and different things in his life and a lot of stuff going on. Kid's smart kid. You know, I mean, this, this isn't just some dude who's just on the side of the road who just, you know, doesn't have anything going on. I mean, this guy's got a lot going on. Got a lot on the ball. And, uh, you know, he's in it to win it for a while, then all of a sudden he does he not. And uh, was going to go to seminary, got to seminary, spent summer trying to get ready in seminary, and then just ended up one day going out, getting loaded, messed up. And now he's riding a bike back through town. Hey, waves at me, stops. Hey, what are you doing here? And then he tells me the story. And he said, I just don't understand why, 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 why I can't get past it. I just don't understand why. And he's a smart dude. I mean, he, he knows the direction. He knows the plans. He knows the purpose. He knows those things. But you know what? He doesn't believe in his heart that he can do it. He tries to find the right ABC plan. He's trying to find the you know, the right place to go that's going to be a safe place for him. And nothing's wrong with those things. But see, in his heart, he doesn't believe that he can be free. He believes the Word is true. You know, he believes he's saved. He said, thank God Jesus saved me, you know, and I'm glad he's there for me, and I'm glad when I make a mistake, you know, he's right there to forgive me, and I'm glad he's right here, you know. But he doesn't believe in his heart that it could really be different, that he could change. That's faith. And in the natural, I, I don't know if he can. In his mind, the torment and the anguish and the years of addiction and the years of being stuck on stuff, I mean, it, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or whatever, man, I don't know, food, pornography, or what, I, I don't know what it is that you're addicted to, smoke. Man, the, the mind, I mean, it pulls you to those things. How many of you were smokers previously in your life? And then when you got done smoking, man, you were always doing this thing. Uncle Buck started eating peanuts instead of smoking. But it was, it was like a thing. I mean, it was just, it was a thing. You know? Hey, Johnny, you need some peanuts? You know, I mean, like Buck would go through like a whole jar of roasted nuts, man, like in one night. Watching TV. Because it was just like, that was, see, it was a thing. You have to break free from the thing. You're set free. But you got to believe it. I mean, you come up here, man, Pastor Pam, just whoop, pop. 
I mean, she, the anointing pops you and knocks I mean, you. You're free. Cages open, doors done. But I'm telling you, well, there's still a cage around you. But you've got you to gotta be the one that says, I know I can walk out of this thing. You may be at one level in your life and you need to go to the next level and it's getting harder and harder and tougher and tougher. You've got to believe that it's possible to go over that spot. Because if you don't believe it's possible, you're not ever going to make it. I mean, you are all made in the image of God. We're all made in His likeness. You all have God's goodness and His mercy and His grace alive on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe it? See, do you believe that you're God's goodness? Do you believe that you're God's greatness? Because, see, many people are just giving up. Philippians 1.6, and I, mean, I think she'll put it up here on the screen for us, but, you know, in Philippians 1.6, Caleb shared this a few Sundays ago, and you can check out that message before, but it says, being confident of this, the very thing, that he who has begun a what? A good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He has started it, and he will complete it. Now, that was Caleb's adventure, and I let him take that adventure, and you can check it out online. Now, here's the deal. Do you believe it? See, do you believe that that's true? Because he can't complete what we give up on. In your life, he can't. It says he will complete it, but he needs a partner. See, oh, but God's all powerful. Yes, he is, but he is not going to pick you up and he's not going to go, poof, you're a rabbit. You're going to have to believe that you could be a rabbit. Hopefully, that's not the case. <laughs> Otherwise, you can come see Corey tomorrow and he'll talk to you for a while. God didn't make us to be a rabbit. But see, you, you have to be in the place of faith. You have to be the one who believes beyond a shadow of a doubt that this can truly happen to me. But it doesn't look like it. I didn't ask you that. See, I, but, but I, I just can't possibly be like that. I, he didn't say that. He said to us that we have to be confident in this very thing. That, that he, we can be confident that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's what it says, man. And God is a man of His Word. And so, I mean, if He said that, He will do it. And then people get upset in the body of Christ. People get upset in church because they're not seeing this happen. He hadn't completed anything. Blah, 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 blah. Do you believe it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's why I'm mad. I mean, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't care. <laughs> You're being cranky. No, because if you believe it, see, but the word believe. Okay, that means it's a, it's, a, it's a trust. See, that means that you trust that person. I believe that this is true. I trust that God will do this, regardless of what we say earlier, of what I see, of what happens, of what comes along. Like I say, you know what? I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I say that until I'm in the casket, and they're all buried me, and somebody says, wow, that didn't work. I didn't give up. You don't stop believing just because you don't see See, I mean, that all the seeing is not believing. The believing is the seeing. And you see by the eyes of faith. But you've got to give God a shot to do His thing. I mean, we can't say, okay, God, you've got to complete this work that you started in me. We've got to say, God, I know you will complete this work, and I believe that you will complete this work, and put me on the path to this completion, and I will follow you every day to do this. I'm not going to give up because if I give up believing that it's possible and maybe you're here today and you are about to give up, don't give up. The belief maybe is all you got. 
In many instances of our life, you've had those testimonies in your life and families as well as I have. You get to that point where, man, it's like, I am quitting. I am giving up. I'm, stop- I'm not going to believe anymore. Only to, for somebody to shake your cage and rattle you around and say, hey, hey, really, is that what you want? No. Suck it up. Pray some more. Praise. Okay, I believe. I'll quit being a baby. To what? Boom, there's God, there's the, whatever that thing is that you were believing for. Whether it was a work in you or whether it was something in your life or whatever those things were going on. Look at Ephesians in 3.20. And we know this scripture. New King James says, Now to him who is what? Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I mean, do you believe that that's true? But if you look in the message, thank my wife for tweeting this today. She keeps me going. She's on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, BB Skelton, at BB Skelton. You can check her out. She has all kinds of stuff on there. She tweets all kinds of neat stuff. She makes fun of me a lot. So if you want to hear funny things about me, check that out. But it says God can do anything. Anything. God can do anything you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Now here's the key. See, He does not by our own, He does not do it by pushing us around, but by working within us His Holy Spirit deeply and gently within us. And see, if His Holy Spirit is going to work within you to complete the work, to do the thing that's more exceedingly abundantly above all the things that we ask, hope, and think, we have got to believe that it's possible. Because if you don't believe, you're not in faith, and you're not in faith, you're not pleasing to God. And if you're not pleasing to God, then you're walking in sin because you're not in faith. And people are saying, well, I don't understand why this isn't happening in my life. I don't understand why things aren't changing. I don't understand why it's not getting there. I don't... But first of all, many times we're looking at just stuff, man. Because when you say that, somebody else goes, are you serious? Look at your life. It used to be a wreck, and God has fixed you to this point. You want to go back there? Oh, no way. I don't want to go back there. See, but that's just a little bit of reality in your life. Like, oh, okay, it's not so bad. But if you don't, if you don't believe, see, if you don't believe, if that's not in your heart, then you're not in this place to allow Him to do that. You're actually fighting against it. Well, that's tough to do, to, to say I'm believing for one thing, but fighting against it over here. It's like every time you get a dollar and you're excited about it, you throw it in the trash. I mean, think about that. God, I'm believing for 10. He gives you 10, you throw it in the trash. I said I was believing for 10. Well, I gave you 10. But see, there's no, there's no belief. There's no gro- You're not on His team. You're opposing yourself to Him. I mean, we all make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we all make mistakes. But do we get back up and say, okay, man, I'm here. Micah 7, right? I mean, it's like, though I fall, I shall what? Arise. Don't fall down and stay down. Get back up. Like the punching bag, you know? I mean, you smack the thing, it goes down, it comes right back up. Yeah, but it's going to take another hit. Yeah, but it's standing back up. I mean, it's coming back for another one. How many times has the devil just pounded you around? Now, what you have to learn to do... The punchy bag can't fight back, but spiritually you can fight back. If you will believe and stand up one time and then begin to... I mean, the punchy bag ain't got no arms, you know, so he's kind of out of luck. You've got some. The punchy bag doesn't have any weapons. He's just got a big nose and sand in his bottom, and he squeaks when you hit him. But see, you as a believer, you've got weapons. You've got armor. And that stuff works. Yes, it does work. Not for me. Uh-huh, it will work for you. But you got to believe. You can't go lugging around Saul's armor. you got to be who God called you to be. And you have to do what God called you to do. 
And you can't stand here saying, but I want to be like him, so I, 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 it's not... No, what did God... See, this is all about you. This is all about me. I mean, this is about us and who God called us to be. This isn't like, oh, yeah, man, my neighbor needs this. No, we all do. It's not just your neighbor. It's time, though, for us really, to, truly to believe. We, we have to get to the point in life where we believe. Faith is 11.1 in Hebrews, right? Faith is the substance of things so forth and the evidence of things not seen. It's the concrete assurance and the proof that we have what we ask, that we have the things that we're believing for. Well, I didn't see them. That doesn't matter. That doesn't change things. Pastor Bill was 75 and sunny. And like he said, it was the coldest 75 degree day and the rainiest sunny day probably that we were. But in faith, it, well, he, maybe he met yet tomorrow or Saturday because it's supposed to be like 80. <laughs> I, you know, who knows? But see, that does not change the confession. That does not change what you want, you believe. Nobody can talk you out of your salvation. So why can somebody like the enemy come and talk you out of anything else? At the very least, believers are living really, you know, mediocrity or below just knowing that they're saved. Because that's like, the, I mean, if you get that stolen, I mean, that, that doesn't usually get stolen from you because you're usually, that's like your, that's your knot in the rope before you go. But we have to believe. Abraham, right, the father of faith, what did God say? He said this, he said this, he said this. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You know, blah, 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 blah. Go out, look at the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now get all your stuff and now get off and head out that direction. And there wasn't all the questions. There wasn't all the stuff. There was like, okay. It says it was accounted to him for righteousness. Why? Because he believed God. And it wasn't a one-day belief. It was a whole process of years of believing. Years of believing God that it can happen. Step by step. Moment by moment. Process by process. Whatever that thing was. But it, it was a deal where it was, hey, I believe it. You may have done business with people like that in the past where they said they would do something. You knew that was the way it was. Not necessarily the way it is anymore. You've got to have 14 lawyers and everything else just to get a contract for somebody to mow your yard. You know, I mean, everybody's looking for, for some way to get the other person and do all these kind of things. But that, but that was always a man was as good as his word. God is a man and he's as good as his word. And the contract you have, I suppose, you could say it's the word of God and the things that he's shown you and taught you by his spirit, but it was signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. See, he is the one who's put his name at the bottom line. He is now the guarantor of all of these promises that are in the word of God. See, when you finally get down to it in, in a financial situation, it doesn't matter that Daniel bought a lawnmower. My name was in the bottom line. If things went south and he didn't pay them, they weren't going to go looking for him. They were going to come looking for me. So I told him, you better pay this lawnmower off, dude. <laughs> this, is, this is on your mom and I, man. You, just, you can't be leaving us out there. But see, what does it say? I mean, what does it say? It says Jesus is. 2 Corinthians 120. That he's the fulfiller of all the promises. It says, for all the promises of God are in him, Jesus, and yes, and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. He is the one who signed on the bottom line with his blood that said, I will back all the promises that are in this word. And you can count on me to do all these things. You, ha you have that paper, and you have that peace, and you have that authority. It's your whatever that is that he's promised you, that he spoke to you, that he showed you. I mean, those are your things, and they're guaranteed by him, not by you. But if you don't believe, then that nullifies the contract. It's like having a loophole in the contract. 
See, if, you, if we don't believe, if we don't walk in faith, then that, that doesn't let God off the hook. What it does is it nullifies the contract. He doesn't want to be left off the hook. He loves being on the hook. That's what he did. But whatever that part is, whatever that piece is in your life, you got a contract that says he's going to come through for you. I had an air conditioner problem a few years ago. And we'd bought this house, and they had just a few years before we bought it, put in a whole new AC and uh, the whole heating thing and the whole deal, man. I had all the paperwork. And when I, I called the guy out, you know, to come check it out and say, you know, this thing's not working right, and it's, it's, it's five-year warranty. It's only been like four years. You know, I mean, what do I do? And he said, you never transferred... <laughs> You never transferred any of this into your name when you bought the house, so the contract is null and void, and you have no warranty. Yeah, see, so you know how much it costs to fix air conditioners. <laughs> Luckily, I've got a friend that does that, and uh, he came and helped me out. But I learned a little bit. They weren't responsible at that point because I hadn't done what I was supposed to do. I said, well, I didn't know. I mean, how was I supposed to know? The papers were in the drawer when I moved in the house. I didn't know. I know now. But see, spiritually in your life, what do you know? Because the things that you know, you're held accountable for. And the things that He's promised you and the things that He's talked to you and the things that you've learned in the Word and the revelations that you've had and the growth that you've had by faith to this point in your life, now you're held accountable for those things in your life. And when you don't believe, when you give up, when you seed over all that stuff and say, forget it, then what it does is it nullifies that, that contract. Still there. The best thing is, unlike my air conditioner situation, I can say, oh, God, I have made a mistake. I repent. I know you've, you've, you've forgiven me. I, you know, I'm going to walk in faith. I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to follow after you. I believe what you're saying to me. See, it says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And, he does all and all of a sudden, the contract now is all well and good again. I believe. I believe. I believe. And I, th I think many times we just get to that point in our life and we kind of don't anymore. But see, it's what does God say to you? Because, because no matter what it looks like, you, you, have, you have to believe that that's true. And I asked Sandy and Brad if I could share this, and uh, she said it was okay. Brad's not here, so I guess it's really okay. <laughs> but uh, praise God, get ready to hoop and holler. I mean, they just paid off their house. Woo! Yes! So taking us all to dinner... Brad's buying breakfast on Saturday morning for any guy that wants to come at 8 o'clock in Blaze. <laughs> that's exciting. But see, that's just not a diligent situation. I mean, eventually, if you're diligent and you will over 30 years or whatever you're long, I mean, if you'll pay all of those payments, see, if you'll pay the 30 payments over 30 years, you will eventually pay off your house. Now, did God get you to that point? Well, I believe that He's the one who gives us all things, and He's given us the job, and, you know, He's our provider and all of us. He's given us the ability to do all those kind of things. But, but see, what happened in this particular case was it wasn't like, okay, this is our mortgage, and we're comfortable making this mortgage, and we'll do it for the next 30 years. God said, get out of it. Because if you do that, if you buy like a $100,000 house, it's going to cost you like $280,000 over 30 years. You should see kids' eyeballs, man, when you start to teach that. Like, What? I ain't paying that. Yeah, well, you got a hundred grand? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Unless, unless something's does, you do something different. And God had spoke to them and said, this is what I want you to do. They went and saw some stuff. They went and learned some stuff. A little Dave Ramsey action. Guy's great. He's teaching out at Faith on, on, on finances and those kind of things. He's got a lot of books out. Daniel read one of his books this summer. And, man, he's just like the only book he's ever read in his life. 
I bought him like, no kidding, for real, right? I mean, like three, three years I bought him Sports Illustrated, ESPN, the magazine. I tried to buy him everything that he would possibly read, anything at all. And like all through high school, he didn't read one book. Got into college, I still don't think he reads anything they say. But Pop has a book on money, man. That kid read all 300 pages in about two days. On the beach. You know? But see, the principles that are in there are godly principles. And if you'll put those principles to work and you'll tie that belief into those principles and the things that God has said to you and you begin to follow the path and the pattern that He has and you don't give up but you continue to believe, even when it gets hard. See, it wasn't hard to continue and it wasn't easy to continue to do that. It it wasn't an easy situation. I mean, they had to struggle. They had to sacrifice. But you know what? They believed God was a God of His Word. And He said that if you'll do this, this is what I have for you to do. They know that if they're obedient to do His Word, they'll eat the good of the land. It says if you're willing and obedient, Isaiah 119, you'll eat the good of the land. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Right? Little little journey, man. Come on. It's got... Right, yeah, come on, Michael, yeah. Na, 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 na. See, you know the song. You all act like all you listen to is Christian music. We all got a past. I got to make sure I turn my radio down real low when I drive by Mike's house. So he can't, he can't hear me. Do stop. I know. He sounds just like the guy. Steve Perry, that's me. <laughs> Hardly. But see, there came a point in their life. I mean, they came, they, they came through hard places. See, what you got to realize is, man, it was it, Did God, man, was His grease and, and, and all over the thing and His grace and anointing just looping that thing up so it worked? Yeah, but they had to believe God. They had to believe past what they saw. They had to believe past what they could do. They had to believe past what was coming in the mailbox check-wise. I mean, they had to believe past what they were earning in their own to be able to do this. And I'm not saying go out and do it. I mean, I'm not saying this is God speaking you did to go do that. But to them, I know it was. I mean, it was what God had spoke to them in that particular time. He showed them how to do it. And then all they had to do was go out and do it. Well, there came a season of time where those checks weren't coming in. And they continued, like we've shared, I've shared it a few times. I mean, they continued to tithe on the money they weren't earning like they were earning it. Whew! And pay over and above all that to the house. Now, how does that happen? God. See, it says, He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask, hope, or think if we want, if we believe. And believe has a portion to it in the definition that says it, 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 it builds and makes a personal obedience and trust in your life. That you'll be obedient to that thing. And so they were obedient, period. They did it. When she said that today, I was like, wow, Yeah! I was pumped. That was good stuff. I'm excited they paid off their house, but really, spiritually, I'm excited for what that, what that was and what they did and how God grew them and how He moved them. They were tithing on money they didn't get like they got it. Ha! I mean, if you lost your job, would you keep tithing that way? I mean, our, our, our instinct really is to say, okay, well, I don't make that much money anymore, so I'm just, I mean, I, my 10% of, of less is less. But what she did, she kicked her heels in and said, Okay, pal, let me just tell you what 10% of what I was going to make is. And what I am going to give. I don't hear God saying not to. If God said not to, they probably wouldn't. 
But they said, hey, God, I want to keep doing this. And he said, hey, rock on. God doesn't talk to you like that, right? I mean, it's, I mean God, God, what, I mean, that, that's who God, who is God in your life? I mean, he's everything. He's the one who's right there with you. He is the guarantor of all this stuff. And so they decided, man, we're going to do it. And they did. <laughs> Boy. And now, you know what? They get to like jump up and down and be all excited. I mean, we all do. And then our first thought is like, man, I wish that happened to me. What's God saying to you? It may not be your house, maybe something else, maybe some other thing in your life. It may not be finances, maybe something. I don't know what it is in your life. But see, that kind of victory in your life comes every moment that you don't stop believing God's going to come through for you. See, so that day is on the way somewhere. But you can't give up. If you want to look in jo- at Joseph in, in Genesis in chapter 37. Jo- Joseph had a dream, right? God gives dreams. He gives you vision. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He created you for it. Now here's the thing. That's what matters. Okay, not what people said about you. Not what your schooling was. And that doesn't mean your schooling doesn't have to change to be what he called you to do. That doesn't mean the things that, you know, I mean, schooling doesn't matter unless God said go to school. Does that make sense? I mean, I taught high schoolers. <laughs> you got to be careful with the teens. They'll pull this back on you. I don't have to go to school. You said it wasn't important. <laughs> Third grade's important. Go to school. But see, Joseph, what happened? He tells his, he tells his family, and his, now, was that God or not? I don't know. But the dream was what was important. See, God put a dream in his heart. Maybe he didn't understand all of it. I, I don't know. But he, he, see, he put it in his heart. And then what he did was, was Joseph went on this path. And then he started going down these places. But what he never stopped doing was what? Believing. See, he never stopped believing in what that thing was. See, it's the dream and the promise that matters. He, you know, he was telling them this whole thing. And now, for even for us, we're kind of like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if it's the first time you've read the Bible, you get to Genesis to this point, you're like, man, that's a weird dream, man. He might have ate some bad mushrooms because he's, he's seen all kinds of funny things in his dream. But that's not the case. If you read all the way to the end, then it all, all of a sudden it's like, boom, it makes sense. It's an unconventional path. And I'm not saying that maybe God was the one who threw him in the hole. Or, but I'm not, I don't want to get into all that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not theologically debating whether God did all those things. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Joseph didn't, didn't stop believing. See, he, he knew the dream, he knew the promise, he knew the thing. That's why he says, write the vision down in Habakkuk 2. Write the vision, why? So that when you get to be dumb, you will, you'll go back and look at it and read it again. When you, get to, when you get to the point in your life where you go, I don't believe it anymore, you don't even know what you don't believe. So you go back to that point, you go, oh, that was it. I mean, I pulled out my phone earlier because I had to type something down because it was one of those things, man. Oh, I'll never forget that. Yes, you will. <laughs> No, man, that was really good, God. Write it down now. I don't have any paper. I got you a phone. <laughs> Use your phone. <laughs> yes, sir. Because, because you, it says you have need of it. It says you'll have need of it as a witness of what God's done and of what he's about to do if you want. You don't stop believing. I mean, it's, it's the truth. It happens. And it's easy to stop. 
2 Corinthians 4.18 says it's the things that aren't seen, right? That are important. Joseph didn't every day, I believe, wake up and look at all the things he wasn't. He woke up that day and lived what he was, knowing God was going to make him be who he called him to be. And, and, and it, he didn't stop believing when he ended up in the pit, when he ended up in... He didn't stop believing. And when things go bad to worse, he went from there, falsely accused, ended up in jail. Didn't stop believing. Now, it doesn't say that through here, but what do you see? And I've shared this before a few times Like You know, I mean, it said everything is hand-touched prospered. And God won't prosper a hand that's not in faith. He won't prosper a hand that's not in belief. God won't prosper a thing that you don't agree with Him on. God won't prosper you in a place where you're in sin. See, you step out underneath His covering. You step out into sin. You begin to do those kind of things. You're not in agreement with Him anymore. We said He does exceedingly above all that we can ask over think if what? If we believe. See, if, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work where? On the inside of you. If you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life, that means you've yielded yourself to Him. So you believe. And, and from the things that happen in his life, I, I, I just, I, I make that assumption that he, he must not have stopped believing God. And even to the point where he was forgotten, he didn't stop believing. Like, hey, hey, remember me. Remember me when you go. Remember me. And they had a chance to remember, but they didn't remember him. But it wasn't about that guy. See, it was about God. But, see, there came a day. God knows wh where you are, and he, he knows when is now. And it says in verse 9 of chapter 41, Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. It wasn't even Joseph. I mean, it was, it was the but. I mean, this, you know, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me in custody in the house. He doesn't say when he put us in the custody, because, you know, the other guy's not around. But he said, when you, <laughs> I don't want to remind you what you did, because <laughs> I came out okay. And he put me in custody in the house of the Egyptian guard. We each had a dream one night. Now there was a certain young, verse 12, there was a certain young Hebrew man with us, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. And it came to pass, verse 13, just as he said. Then Pharaoh did what? Sent and called Joseph. Enter the dream. See, enter the, this is the point, this is the time, this is the season, this is the place. And he didn't stop believing all the way through all those other things. And he went through all those things, but he still believed what God said. He still believed what God showed him. And I'm not saying you haven't continued to believe. I'm not saying you haven't gone to that point in your life. I'm just asking you to evaluate yourself where you are, just as I always evaluate myself where I am and say, okay, God, am I, do I believe it? I go back to my book. I mean, you got, not just the Bible, but you go back to your Habakkuk 2 book. Do you go back to that place, the piles of scraps of paper that God has said? I mean, I spun back, you know, and went back to some things and looked at some stuff. And you know what? It wasn't like to go back and look to see, okay, God, you need to reassure me. As I went back to read some of the things, I was like, oh, it's coming. Oh, that happened. Oh, that one too. Ooh, that'll be cool. But what do you start to do when you start to read those things? You start to believe. See, you start to believe. I coached girls golf for a long time. It wasn't necessarily about the golf. It was about the idea that they had to believe that they could do it. They're not better golfers. They just believe that they can do it. It took me years. It took me years to get them to believe that it was possible. I went through two classes of them. 
I mean, it was like six, seven years worth of, of pouring myself into him saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And you're walking by faith and not by sight, man, because they can't do it. I'm not saying Pastor Bill ever said that, but you know. Anyway. But it was, it was that same kind of thought, man. I'm just pumping them with the truth. And then you know what? They began to believe that they could. And once they began to believe that they could, everything about them changed. The way they carried themselves, their demeanor, the way they walked, the way they played. They're like, wow! Did you like get lessons? No! <laughs> I don't know what's different. He's a really good coach. Nope. <laughs> I'm not a good coach. I'm just somebody that believes in you. I didn't give you the gift. I didn't give you the talent. I just believe in you, and I'm helping you believe in yourself. And spiritually, that's our life anyway, isn't it? I mean, spiritually in our life, the whole idea the pastors are helping us and they're teaching us and we're learning the Word and we're doing all these things so that we can continue to do the work of the ministry in our lives. What's that mean? Helping us to do it, telling us that we can and believing in us so that we believe in ourselves. I mean, how many times, and this is probably true for all of us in some instance in our life, they believe we can do it more than we've ever believed we could do it. Not just the pastors here, but the people in your life who have been mothers and fathers to you in the faith. How, I mean, how many people have spoken to your life? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Come on, don't believe that. Yes, you can. Those are the people you like to hang around. I mean, you want to be around those people because they're constantly telling you. They're constantly reaffirming you. They're constantly... And what's happening? Man, you're believing it. And then you're saying it. And then you do... So, I mean, all that stuff happens. See, because somewhere along the way... The chief butler's going to say, I remember my faults this day. And I'm not saying you're hidden in a, you know, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that, that kind of instance, that kind of situation in your life. See, but along the way, there's character that's built. Character in your life, through trials and through all those things and tests and ups and downs. And, I mean, there was a lot of character that was built in their life as they continued to give on money that they weren't earning. I suppose they earned it, but they hadn't received it. How about that? That's probably a more fair way to say it. You know, as Brad went out and worked and did some things and waiting for checks to come that didn't come and still continued to do it and can, can going out and still... I mean, that, that's a character-building exercise in your life. I don't know when, I don't know how, but God's really working this message about character and about those things. As I listen to some different stuff and I'm praying and reading and God's showing me things in the, you know, in the Word, but... I, you know, the, the characters, and this is the way that, that Andy Stanley talks about character, really. He says that he defines like the oil in, a, in, a, in an engine. If you look at an engine of a brand new car, and you, you take that thing apart, there's thousands of pieces and parts that were all meant to be together. They were all meant to work in unison. They were all meant to be in the right place at the right time. And this one moves here, and that one moves there. I mean, it's all, that engine is supposed to move fluidly. They all work together. The parts are all working together for the whole. Just like we were created for a purpose in our life. But if you take oil out of a car, if you take character out of the life of a believer, you begin to pull that thing out. See, an engine will beat itself to pieces. The, the very parts that were created to go together and to move fluidly together and to achieve a certain goal and direction will absolutely destroy the engine. I could be wrong. Mike's here. I used to work at Caterpillar, and they used to have some horror stories of some of these engines. The marine engines are, are energized to run, or whatever that means. Like, you don't stop running, because if your engine stops running, you'll die in the water. I mean, your boat will upside down. 
And so if they throw a rod or something, I mean, the rest of them still, I think, just, I mean, they just continue to run. And that rod just goes, ka-ting, 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 ka-ting. And it'll eventually, like, beat a complete hole in the inside of the engine. It won't run right. But it, it, your engine in your car will, will ultimately destroy itself if you take out the oil. In your life as a believer, if you take the character out, see, your life will begin to fall apart. You're beginning to be destroyed. In your relationships, if you begin to take that out. What happens in a marriage when you begin to take the character, see the morals and the ethics and the values, and the love and the trust and the things. See that we stood on that day right here in front of whoever the pastor was, and we, we pledged ourselves to that person for the rest of our lives. But then all of a sudden, something comes out of that point. What happens? The two people that were put together by God, who were going to do all the things that God called them to do as a group and a couple, who he put together, and by his grace, and by his mercy, and by his, by his, by his power, he's going to make that thing work, and be perfectly, begin to tear, begin to tear itself apart. Why? Because you begin to take all that out. You take out the faith. You take out the love. You take out the word. You stop believing in your life. Then you're gonna, and your, your life is just going to start coming apart and coming to unravel. And I mean, he does a great job putting us back together. I mean, he does a great job of restoring us in our place. But we've got to make sure that we believe what he says. Not just in his word, but what he said to you in your heart. What he said to you about that woman that you married, or about that man that you married, or what he said to you about your children, and they're not living that, but he told you in your heart that's what they were going to be. Do you believe what he said about your business, or do you believe what he said about your job, or do you believe what he said about your profession and what he called you to do? Do you believe what he said about your finances? Do you believe what he said about your health? Do you believe what he spoke to you that night when you were at that meeting, and God showed up on the scene, and it was like a bright light right on you, and you filled up with tears, and you wrote everything down, and he said, do you believe that that's true? Now, I didn't ask if you saw it. I don't ask if you see it now. I don't ask if we're doing it. I don't ask if it's around the corner. I don't ask if it's six months from now. Do you believe it? So do you believe it? Beyond, well, it doesn't look like it right now. I don't care what it looks like right now. I walk by faith and not by sight. See, don't allow the thing that God, don't allow that, that part, don't allow it to tear it apart. Walk in faith. Allow Him to work it out in your life. That's what He does. Don't stop believing, so you'll never be able to listen to that song again and not hear that. Isn't that Pastor Bill's ringtone on your phone? Pastor Bill's ringtone on your phone? Don't stop believing? Don't. You have, it's Annabelle. Annabelle on your phone. I have it on my phone. Pastor Pam calls me. It's, it's don't stop believing. You go, girl, tell me. Filled unto the feeling. See, I mean, it's like... We all need it, right? I mean, we all need it. Cheat, put it on your phone, whatever you got to do. Let's stand up together this morning. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.